Did you wake up one day wondering how you ended up in the shit show of life? Where the only joy you find every day is doom scrolling TikTok, silently wondering why you had to relearn, how to part your hair in the middle, and laughing at cat videos. Are you tired of wearing all the hats, doing all the things, and taking care of everyone else while you can't even sit down for an hour alone without feeling guilty? Then let me welcome you to Hustle Culture Dropout, where we're trading the chaos for clarity. I'm your host, Chastity Campbell, mom, wife, entrepreneur, and professional procrastinator. And I'm ready to bring you along as we discuss everything from burnout to self-care and entrepreneurship to wellness. If you're looking for someone who's got it all figured out, you are definitely in the wrong place. But if you want to discover how to be genuinely happy, make an impact in this world, and occasionally have mindless conversations about the latest celebrity gossip, I've got you. So get ready for some no-nonsense real talk as we take on the insanity of life and what it means to be a woman in today's world. This is Hustle Culture Dropout. Hey everyone, welcome back to Hustle Culture Dropout. This is episode two. And before we get started and we dive into this episode, I just wanted to take a minute to number one, Thank you if you are returning after listening to the first episode. If you're here again this week, thank you so much. Welcome back. If you are brand new here, I want to welcome you and you have not missed much. This literally is just episode two. Thanks to all of you who reached out last week and encouraged me and gave me such great feedback and subscribed to the show and left reviews. I super, super appreciate it. And it definitely helped showing up again this week. So I have not learned anything more. If anything, I've gained more confidence, which can be rather dangerous. So we are going to dive in. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I have tried recording this episode at least five times. I have ran into, I ran into a problem where apparently at some point I moved my mic and then the mic settings got changed. And so I went through the entire recording only to realize that the mic settings had been changed. And so it has, it is, it has not been the easiest. So I promise you that I am going to give this my best shot this week and see where we go. We are going to talk about the dangers of self-sacrifice, which in other terms is us doing a shit ton of work for everybody else and literally always putting ourselves last or not even having time to put ourselves last, putting ourselves never. And this is something that typically we can very easily fall into, especially as women. And so we're going to talk a little bit about why that happens, what we can do to resolve it, and just how we can prevent it and why we need to prevent it. Most of all, we are going to discuss one of the biggest ways that women end up in massive burnout. They end up resentful and we end up just having an overall dissatisfaction with life. And that is self-sacrifice. That's putting everybody else first. And it's literally the worst thing we can do for our mental and physical health. And it's not just the physical 
actionable items that we're doing to take care of other people. It's not the cooking, the cleaning, the running the kids to all of the places. It's also the emotional support. When you add these two things together and you are running yourself ragged, but then you're also mentally running yourself ragged and you are showing up emotionally all the time for everybody, but you are absolutely carving out zero time for yourself, you are going to crash and burn. And it is a really, really hard cycle to break. Emotional labor, I almost feel like is something that can be a little trickier as opposed to those actionable items. Because when I clean the house, the house is clean. I can check that off my list. It's done. It's not going to fucking stay clean for very long because, you know, I have five kids and a husband and a dog. So it, it's not going to stay clean. But once I check it off the list, it is done and it is not taking up any more room in my head. Right. But the emotional labor and the emotional burden that we carry as women is the invisible work, right? It's the managing of the emotions and the relationships, and it's often unnoticed and completely undervalued. And so some examples of that are listening and providing emotional support. So whenever you're there to listen or you offer comfort, maybe your kiddo's calling home from college and they're just having a really hard time adjusting, you're that person that they're talking to. You're the shoulder to cry on, right? For friends, family members, coworkers, whoever it might be, you're helping people deal with their emotional struggles. And these are often the things that just don't go away right away, right? It's not like cleaning the house where you've completed the task and now you're done. You're going to have this phone conversation with your daughter and she's struggling a bit and she's having a hard time adjusting to college and you're now going to be worried about her. That now is going to take up some mental space in your brain, right? So when you continue to add all of those things on top of each other, it's another way that you can become emotionally exhausted and just not have the time or the energy to invest in yourself because you're providing so much for everybody else. Another example of emotional labor is all of those little bitty baby details that you have to remember when you're a parent or when you have a lot of different things happening in your life, you're juggling a lot of different responsibilities. And so this is like your little mental calendar, right? You have to remember to take the dog to get their vaccinations. You have to file your taxes. You have to remember to schedule dental cleanings for everybody. Your husband has a really odd looking skin tag that he needs to have looked at because if not, you're going to like rip it off when he's sleeping in the middle of the night or you're going to completely lose your mind because it's disgusting. And so those different things just take up space, right? They just take up space in your brain. Those are all of the emotional support items and the emotional labor that we provide to other people, which leaves less time for us to get our own mental health and our own emotional baggage dealt with, right? Like I don't need other people's emotional baggage. I have enough of that shit on my own, but that's what we do. We take on emotional labor on top of doing all of the other running around that we do and meeting all of the other demands that we have to meet with life, right? And sometimes that comes as a result from the natural role that we might fall into with like our relationships. Women typically carry a heavier load of the emotional labor due to societal roles and expectations. And that extra load can be exhausting. You have now 
put so many other people's problems in your brain that you don't have time to kind of sort through your own mental struggles and it will affect our overall well-being. And so it's time that we take a minute to acknowledge that and then to start to figure out how can we delegate and how can we share some of that emotional labor. And if we don't figure out how to do that, what is going to inevitably end up happening is our little soul is going to start to rot away and die this like slow, painful death until you wake up one day and you're like, who the fuck am I? And I hate all these people around me that they, they just keep sucking me dry. They always fucking want something from me. And that is definitely not the attitude that you want to have. And so we're going to talk about how we ended up in this bullshit myth to begin with and what are we doing that is contributing to that cycle and how can we change it and so like i mentioned earlier part of the issue with this self-sacrificing idea is that this is how society expects us to act as women it's societal expectations it's cultural conditioning right and It's often just society saying women are the caregivers and the nurturers and men are the providers. And those are the roles we fall into. Many of us have been raised that way with this idea that it is a woman's job to provide the emotional support for the people in her life, as well as do all of the other garbage that you don't want to be doing. And there's a pressure to conform. There's this idea that if you do not do it that way, people will start to look at you differently. And you fear being judged or being rejected. We have a definite fear of rejection, a definite fear of looking different or being judged. And another reason that we continue to stay in this cycle is just the external validation of it. I mean, let's not forget that society absolutely will hand out gold stars for self-sacrificing heroes. And so sometimes it just feels like we are on this continual hamster wheel of serving everybody else except for ourselves. And when we do that, people will sit there and look at us. And what do they say? They're like, oh, you're so selfless. I don't know how you do it all. This is amazing. You're incredible. And then that feeds into this idea, this myth that that's what we need to do in order to be seen as valuable, or that's how we look at our own self-worth instead of understanding that our needs are just as important as everybody's around us. This is not at all about taking a step back and not offering to help people. It's not saying you shouldn't be volunteering. It's not saying you shouldn't be taking care of your family or your kids or your spouse. Obviously, those are things that not only do you have to do, but that you want to do. Those are things that will fill us up and they help us feel purposeful. But it cannot come at the cost of our own mental health and physical health. Another big culprit of why we stay in this cycle or what causes us to completely self-sacrifice is because we are little people-pleasing crazies. And people-pleasing can have a very, very 
detrimental effect on our mental and emotional health. People pleasing is like being the yes person, right? To everybody's demands, no matter what, you are the person. And that is definitely not in your best interest. And the impact of this on our mental and emotional health is literally a one-way fucking ticket to stress, anxiety, depression, emotional exhaustion. And the consequences of being that people pleaser is that it will be a major buzzkill for your self-worth and fulfillment. You will end up feeling undervalued and underfulfilled because you're not giving yourself the time or the love that you deserve because you're too busy doing it for everybody else. And you will start to develop a shit ton of resentment. And we end up resenting everybody that we're taking care of, even though we are literally the ones that fucking signed up for it. So often what ends up happening is we have this martyr mentality. And I do this a lot where I will live in this cycle of expectation followed by recognition and praise. It keeps us on the toxic hamster wheel. It feels good when we're recognized for all that sacrifice. It feels good when somebody's like, oh my gosh, I don't know how you do it all. You're so selfless. And so immediately you start to find value in that. Even though you hate doing it all and you want to poke your fucking eyes out and your life is miserable, you're getting that compliment and it is enough to give you a boost, right? To keep you coming back for more, even though it's short-lived. So then you do it more to get another boost and you're literally getting a dopamine boost from it. So do you know what else gives you a dopamine boost? Heroin. Heroin gives you a dopamine boost, right? So people-pleasing, let's equate that to heroin. We do not need to keep doing it because what happens is if we don't break that cycle, we're just getting that short little burst and that keeps us coming back. So we have to stop that cycle. And so we need to stop and we need to speak up and we need to say, hey, I need some help. We need to learn how to ask for that help. And we need to be able to distribute some of that emotional labor and some of those actionable items and say, hey, I need a little time for myself because if not, we are going to end up with a one-way ticket to burnout, Phil. Uh, we have to learn how to protect our emotional well-being and sacrificing ourselves for others. It's not at all sustainable. And the other reason we need to learn how to break this cycle is because we are trying really, really hard, right, to live our most authentic. That should be a goal. A goal of mine is to live and to show up every day as my true self. And if I'm saying yes to things that I don't want to fucking say yes to, I am literally doing the opposite of living authentically. And whenever you can show up as your authentic self, it is the most freeing thing. And you end up feeling more fulfilled and happy um, when you're able to just drop the act and start living authentically. How many times have you heard the same thing over and over from your girlfriends, which is like, I'm fucking tired. I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. I'm sick of doing all of the stuff for all of the people. Nobody even recognizes how much I do for them. And imagine if you could be the role model of the person who learned how to say no, of the person who learned how to stop people pleasing, of the person who learned how to set boundaries. And you could actually model that for your friends, for your 
daughters. So they don't have to wake up in their 40s and try to figure out how to stop people pleasing and how to draw boundaries. Instead, they can learn those from a very young age. They can learn those in their teens, in their 20s, in their 30s, and end up in a much more fulfilled life. I feel like that is my responsibility to teach other people how to manage this and how to become the person that can say no or who can say, you know what, I need some time for me too. It's okay that I need some time. It's okay that I need to step away from this and take a minute to just rest my mind. Let's just break this down a little bit more and dive a little deeper into how we can regain a little bit more control over these types of situations. Like I said, it feels good to serve others. It feels good to take care of others. I like the feeling of knowing that I have helped somebody through an emotional crisis when they come to me and they confide in me. But I also need to understand that there is a limit to that. There is a limit to how much of myself I can give to people. The service that I give to others needs to be coming from my overflow. I think we've all heard this idea of you can't pour from an empty cup, right? So if you have this cup and there's nothing left in it, you can't give to others, correct? Well, if we think about it this way, you're filling yourself up, right? You get to the top. But now when you're giving back, you're just depleting yourself again. What should happen is that you should be giving to others from your overflow, right? So imagine pouring a glass of water and it gets all the way to the top and the water starts to overflow. All of that overflow is what you can be giving to other people because at that point, it's not depleting you. It's not taking away from you. You fill up your cup and then you give that overflow and that abundance to everybody else around you. Because at that point, they're ne you're never going to feel depleted if that's the way that you do it. One of the ways that you can even out this load is by setting the boundaries, right? Setting those boundaries it's going to allow you to protect your mental health. Boundaries are like a little protective shield around your mental health, and they prevent emotional exhaustion and burnout and stress by ensuring that you then have the space and the time you need to recharge. It's also going to help you with your self-respect. Once you set those boundaries, it's an act of self-respect. You're going to start feeling better about yourself, and it's going to be easier at that point then to take the time that you need to invest in yourself. Boundaries are also going to help build healthy relationships. They are literally the foundation of healthy relationships. They help to establish clear expectations and to make sure that both people feel respected and understood, right? So once you set those boundaries, you're able to strike this balance between caring for others and then prioritizing your own self-care without feeling guilty and overwhelmed by that. So it's about maintaining the mental and the emotional well-being while still being a loving and supportive friend or partner or caregiver. The biggest thing here that you need to remember, guys, is that burnout is real. And 48% of women have reported experiencing significant stress on a daily basis. To that statistic, that is going to lead to burnout. Neglecting your self-care is going to lead to, like we said earlier, anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues. And according to the National Institute of Mental Health, that is not okay. 
these are things we have control of. So the two big things that we can control is our people pleasing and our boundary setting, right? It's not just your mental health that's going to thrive from starting to take care of yourself and starting to prioritize yourself. Obviously, your physical health. You cannot, at the end of the day, the last thing that I want to do is is go work out. Well, I never, I never want to go work out. It doesn't matter. I could, I could hibernate for a whole season and literally wake up and have no responsibility and never, ever want to go work out. But this is one of the reasons why people say working out, if you do that in the morning, you're putting yourself first. That's the first thing you're doing. You're checking it off your list because at the end of the day, guys, you're depleted. You're done. Like, there, you don't want to talk to people. You don't want to do anything. Last thing I want to do is to show up for myself. So try to switch it up a little bit. Try to put that stuff at the beginning of the day. So what does it look like when we actually start prioritizing our self-care and are practicing self-love and showing self-compassion? One of the ways that we can do this is by practicing mindful self-care and one of my favorite things, I think you guys have probably heard me talk about this before, if you followed me at all, is meditation. But I'm not asking you to like become a monk, okay, guys? This is not Jay Shetty shit, okay? This is just taking five minutes, seven minutes, three minutes to focus on your breath, to find out what type of meditation feels beneficial to you. So I first implemented meditation into my life out of necessity because I was having a really hard time falling asleep. And so I created this whole nighttime routine and meditation was part of it. One of the things that I do when I have to start any type of habit is that I have to start very small. And it's hard for me because I want to go all in, but I, I'm not successful if I do it that way. I have to take little baby steps, right? And so Starting a meditation practice for me was very much like that. I would go a couple minutes, I would do it a little bit, my mind would start to wander and I would just give up. But I kept building on that. So I got to five minutes. I'm really not that much further ahead now. I'm at seven minutes. This is just basic meditation. This is a great, great way to ground yourself and to take care of yourself. And it's super quick and it's super easy. The next thing you can do, like I said, setting those boundaries, establishing the boundaries, saying no when it's necessary, that is a literal form of self-compassion. It prevents overcommitment. It protects your mental health and your emotional health. And we're going to really, really dive into that in episode three. But it just allows us to carve out a path to live our most authentic life along with being an important part of our self-care practice. And I know tons of us have a hard time with boundaries. I still struggle a lot. I'm getting much better about that. The other thing is just trying to surround yourself with a supportive community. The more like-minded people you have in your corner who encourage you to take a break and take care of yourself. I have friends that will look at me and be like, dude, you are spiraling out of fucking control. Get a grip, take a minute, take a beat for yourself and they can recognize it. Make sure you have some people in your life that value that. Make sure you have some people who value self-care, who understand how important it is to have that practice in your life. It's really, really hard to implement that because of the societal stigmas that come with taking care of yourself. And so understanding that it's going to take some work, understanding that you might have to reprogram even your own brain 
to accept this and to really fight it because we can sit here and we can say all day long, I really want to take care of myself and I really want to put myself first. But then when we start walking down that path and it comes time to say no to something, it can be really, really hard when we have been programmed to think that self-care is selfish. Sometimes society labels self-care as selfish and it can lead us to feeling very guilty for prioritizing our own well-being. We also have become incredibly obsessed with productivity. And so society places this high value on productivity and constant work. And that has also fed into that mindset of hustle, of the hustle culture. And it tells us that practicing self-care is viewed as laziness or it's a lack of commitment to our responsibilities. And that is just not the case, but it takes some work to flip the script on that. It takes some work and it might feel a little foreign because so often that is what has been programmed into us. Another reason why we might find practicing self-care is hard or one of the obstacles we might have to overcome is external expectations. So we have friends and family or maybe even coworkers or colleagues that have this expectation that we are always going to be available to support them, right? So this comes with like that boundary of I'm not answering work emails after a certain time in the evening because I need to shut off and like mentally prepare myself for the next day, right? So it's really important that we challenge those stigmas and the guilt associated with the self-care recognizing that self-care isn't selfish and it's just an act of self-preservation. By taking care of our mental and emotional well-being, we become better equipped to support others. And that will lead us to feeling more fulfilled. When I feel like I'm showing up as the best version of myself for other people, I'm happier. I'm happier knowing that I'm not going to resent them because I've already poured into myself. I've taken care of myself. So we know that taking care of ourselves is super important. And we know that society is going to think that we're complete dicks if we do it. Then just remember that self-care is not a luxury. It is a necessity. And so incorporating all these tips into your daily routine and finding a balance between how to take care of other people and how to take care of yourself, you're going to be so much better equipped to navigate through life's challenges. You're going to be able to show up better for people. You're going to be able to maintain your own mental and emotional health. And nobody needs any more crazies walking out in the world. So, I mean, it's just something that you have to start taking seriously. This podcast is going to be dedicated to a plethora of ways that we can show up and we can encourage one another to show up for ourselves. And again, above anything else, this does not mean we don't show up for other people. This doesn't mean we become selfish little assholes that only care about ourselves. I am not giving you permission to be a dick, okay? But what I am saying is that you are just as important as your neighbor, Sally, who you made a casserole for because her husband died. You are just as important as your kiddos. You're just as important as your husband. You have to prioritize yourself. And the more you learn to do that and the more comfortable it feels to you, it's not going to feel good at first. It's going to feel foreign, especially if you've not done it before. You have to learn how to make it second nature. But it is so important, you guys, the number of children 
and teens that suffer from anxiety in our world today or other mental health issues is staggering. The numbers are staggering. How are they going to learn how to prioritize their mental health if nobody in their life is modeling that behavior for them? How are they going to learn that? It is a crisis and we are doing them such a huge disservice. I encourage you to talk to your kids about the things that you do for yourself. If you go to therapy, tell your kids you go to therapy. You need help. Don't hide it. Don't make it shameful. Share that with them. Make them understand that that is just part of taking care of yourself. That's how I really view therapy is that it is another way to take care of yourself. Show them how to be mindful, teach them how to meditate, talk to them about the importance of putting themselves first. And I know it's a really hard balance with kids because you're also trying to teach them, you know, how to share and how to play nice with others and how to not be such selfish dicks. But these are things that they need to see you modeling because it is going to help them in their adult life or model it for your sister, model it for your mother, model it for your coworkers, your friends. Show them the more we get the message out that it is okay to take care of ourselves, the less fight we're going to have in the future with this. And that's really what my message is. So I hope that you found something that you can implement or at the very least you understand the value and the importance of taking a step back from that self-sacrifice, taking a step back from that people-pleasing mentality and starting to take some small actionable steps towards putting yourself first, saying no to other people and really digging into how you can start living your most authentic life. So this week, just take the week and sort of think about and reflect on your own tendencies to put other people first and what that impact has had on you. What does it look like for you? Are you okay with it? Are you feeling okay with it? Or is it really starting to affect your well-being? And then I just want to encourage you to prioritize your self-care, set some boundaries, embrace how you're feeling. And next week, like I said, we will dive into boundaries and people-pleasing. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. I would absolutely love it if you would subscribe to the podcast. It helps so much. It helps me be found by other people. And if you would like, please leave me a five-star review. Don't bother with any four-star, three-star, two-stars. I don't need that crap in my life. So five stars only around here. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks.